Praise God. Uh, open your Bibles. Boy, I had this message on my heart today, and uh, I wanted to share this with you. I'm excited about the message this morning. And uh, the title of the message kind of developed after, even after I, I made the bulletin, I think I have here, God's Peace, Our Strength. That's an okay title. A better title is The Force of Peace. I actually saw, after reading some scriptures and studying, that peace, I think we've peace has got a bad rap today because of politics. The idea of peace being, you know, not a very strong thing. But, you know, war is stronger. But uh, I want you to know that peace is a very strong force and is necessary in our lives. And um, I think people, especially today, I mean, come on, just go home and watch any news left or right side and you got you got bad news coming at you. We've got what? We've got Ebola, <laughs> uh, ISIS beheadings on our on our shore in Oklahoma City. I mean that's about as middle of the country as you can get. And uh I believe that this is we I, I believe that this is just the beginning of, of sorrows the beginning of problems that we're going to be seeing in our lives. In other words, you could say it this way, the world is full of turmoil. And so peace is something that we're going to have to hang on to stronger and stronger. And I'm telling you what, uh, in, in regards to faith, in regards to authority, in regards to using our redemptive rights... In Christ, amen. How many know the believer has authority? We, we can exercise authority, dominion over things. But I just think that faith operates in a medium or an atmosphere of peace. If you have turmoil, it's difficult to, to really uh, use your faith a lot. Amen. And um, the Bible says, we who have believed do enter into rest. Praise God. And so, I believe that there's only two places to be. You're either in peace or you're in turmoil. The world operates in turmoil. The world operates in emergency. Frantic and panic. How many know what I mean? But as believers, there's another, a better place for us to go. So let's just look at this and I'll work through here. Uh, turn, if you would, in your Bibles to John 16:33. I have the scriptures written out here, but I like to read it also right from the, you know, the book. Amen. John 16. And uh, we're going to read verse 33. I'll read it first from the King James and then from this other translation. These things, this is Jesus talking. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Everybody say peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. 
How many can see that's happening? (laughs) But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus is our peace. Now, I don't usually like religious slogans and sayings, but this one in this one has such great truth to it. You know, if we had one of those signs that, you know, you could change out things, I think I might put this one up one week. You've seen this one. It says, no Jesus, no peace. N-O. No Jesus, no peace. And then, no Jesus, no peace. K-N-O-W. Without Jesus, there is no peace. And if you know Jesus, you're going to know peace. And why is that? Well, the Word declares that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Isn't it interesting that He says that in me you might have peace? Notice He didn't say. Let's notice what He didn't say. He didn't say that in me you might have power. He didn't say in me you might have special anointing. He didn't say in me that you might have, you know, some other spectacular thing. But he said that in me you might have peace. Why did he say that? How many believe there's power in the blood? How many believe there's power in the name? There's power in Jesus. Amen? But he didn't say power. He said peace. Well, because I believe peace is the foundation for the power. I believe that peace is the foundation for all things. When we come to Christ, usually most people, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people... When they come to Jesus in faith believing the first time for salvation, usually they're in turmoil. A lot of times they're in turmoil even if they don't admit it, even if they have kind of a nice life. You know, there's certain people in the world, they just kind of have a nice life. But inside there's no peace without Christ. If you ever read Billy Graham's testimony about finding Jesus, you know, he went to his local church we won't name name them they were praise the lord and uh the pastor he went to the pastor and he said i don't have any peace and i need i need uh you know i need to find something with god some peace with god and they said well join the youth department so he joined the youth department and had nice people nice fellowship still no peace in his soul he knew that he was on his way to hell. He knew that he still had unresolved issues with God. Isn't that something? So he went back to the pastor and says, well, I joined the youth department and nothing changed. Well, you need to join the church now. So now next Sunday, when I give the invitation to join the church, I couldn't even believe that such an invitation existed until I visited a certain group. And they actually do that. Actually do that, you know, as opposed to... a an altar call to come and accept Christ. It's If you'd like to join our church, you could join right on the spot. Come down the aisle, fill out a card, shake hands with everybody, and voila, you're in the church. So he did that. Still no peace. And it wasn't until he went out and I think went to sort of a country preacher's meeting and he heard the gospel for the first time. Amen. And then for the first time, the turmoil in his soul ended. He accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior and knew that his sins were forgiven. Amen? 
So that is a good statement, isn't it? No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus and no peace. So the word declares that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. If you want to turn there, you can look at that. Isaiah 9, 6, King James again says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. You know, know, some list, the first thing that's, that's stated is the most important. But oftentimes, the last thing, you save the best for last. Amen? It's all good. Wonderful. How many believe Jesus is wonderful? Counselor. He's our counselor. The mighty God. Thank God for that. The Not the weakling God. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So... We could say this, Jesus is our foundation of peace. Going back there to that first scripture, that's our text, our key text. He says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The uh, ESV version says, take heart, I have overcome the world. I like those words, don't you? Take heart. Hallelujah. If you're discouraged this morning. Take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. In the world, there's tribulation. How many believe we're living in the, uh, a time of tribulation? Now, I'm not getting into, you know, semantics on is it the official tribulation? I don't know. Ask Brother Pace. He knows deep theological questions like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that we're there, but... In other words, there is the tribulation and then there's tribulation, just tribulation, trials and troubles. How many believe the world is full of trials and troubles today? There are people suffering on this planet right this moment, believers suffering that you, we can't imagine it. We can't, we, it's like reading something from the medieval times, isn't it? What's happening? It's, it's unbelievable. But... People go, oh, what are we going to do? Listen, this this last group of travels that I was on, we we met, we were in a hotel, and the the young guy that comes out to you know help you you know make sure that the the food's there and everything, kind of a self serve deal. He comes out and and he and his eyes are bugging out, and he said, did you see the president's announcement about Ebola? He's like fear, just taken over by fear. And so we encouraged him, praise the Lord, and um, witnessed to him about God. He says, you can have peace. You don't have to be in fear, son. Hallelujah. Amen. And, 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 uh, and so we were able to minister to him. But the, the world right now is full of fear. I, I, I've never seen our nation at such a level of fear. Have you? You can almost, if you get around people... Not that church people aren't people, but, you know, there's church people and there's people. You know, our people and your people. But if you get around people that don't think and talk like we do, in other words, outside of our species, and you listen to them, they're just overloaded with fear. 
well, is the, are, are all these blessings and messages just to, to be for the church and, you know, hallelujah, have a donut and praise the Lord and go on? No. <laughs> it's for the, it's for everybody. Amen. We need to be ambassadors of this good news. What an opportunity, I think, that we have to be ambassadors of peace. Everybody else is freaking out and we're standing here like weirdos. With a smile on our face. What's wrong with you? You obviously haven't read the, the headlines this morning. Well, I figured out in Tampa that something, something interesting about our headlines here. The world can be falling apart and you have to go find it on page six. The, the headlines are always something about, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks or, you know, it's always sports news. Trumps anything. Did you hear an atomic bomb went off in Moscow and wiped it off the map? Yeah, that's on page 8 of the Tampa Bay Times. But the front page is, you know, our sports team, praise the Lord. But uh, the world, the world, that's not true in, in normal cities, but that's what we have here. But the world is falling apart and people are in fear. And I look at that as a golden opportunity to minister the gospel and the love of God to people and say, you know, you don't have to be freaked out. Thank you, Sister Ellis, for that one yes or right. All right. Preach, brother. Give us something to shout about. Standing up there tying your shoe. Jesus is our foundation of peace. And I'm telling you, peace is the most powerful thing in the world. Isaiah 26, 3. So take heart. Take heart, folks. Praise God. It's in the world. You're going to have tribulation, but Jesus has overcome it. And I'm in Him. My life and your life is wrapped and hid in Christ. Glory to God. I was listening to, uh, you know, I've got the, you know, serious radio in my car, and they have a gospel station. I was listening to a quartet singing singing uh, their rendition of Rock of Ages. And, I, I mean, tears were coming to my eyes because I've been thinking, how strong is that song at this time? You know, let, and, and, and when they got to the part where it says, let me hide myself in thee, that is so scriptural. Because our life is wrapped and hid in Christ. We have a protection. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on CNN. Fox News and the newspaper. No, whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen. Because he trusteth in thee. Praise the Lord. Where's our trust? There's only one place to have trust anymore. It's not the government. They're a disaster.
It's not the administration. Draw your own conclusions. You know, I was, you know, you, you, you listen to some news broadcast and they'll, you know, people everywhere, people are saying, we no longer have faith that the government can protect us. That's been going on for a while, folks. This isn't news. They shouldn't even put it on the news channel because there's no news in that. It's like the understatement of the year. So we better trust in God. Some trust in her- chariots and some in Harriets. Some, tr- <laughs> some trust in chariots. I suppose some trust in Harriets. And some in horses. But I'm going to put my trust in the name of the Lord my God. Amen? I'm not trusting in Harriet or chariot. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, if you're not blessed, at least you get a good laugh out here. Either way, you're good. All right. I want you to see this. So, so we could say that. We could say this. Jesus again, is our foundation of peace. And then here, from Isaiah 26, trusting in God is a source of peace. Is really the only source of peace. Amen. And then let's look at Luke 2.14. You get anything out of this today? Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. Now, that's what the angels sang and said when Jesus was born. And if you look at that on earth peace, well, then you think, well, this has failed miserably, hasn't it? Because there's been nothing but war and turmoil. And the Bible even says that in the last days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. So it must not mean just peace between nations. We certainly don't have that. Even peace between neighbors, we don't have a whole lot of that left. So what's peace? What's, what is this peace? What is this peace? It's peace between us and God. In other words, God has sent the Prince of Peace. God has sent Himself, in a way, in the form of Jesus, to be the peace. Jesus is the peace between us and God. Hallelujah. You want connection to God, you're going to have to go through Christ. You can't be outside of Christ trying to earn something from Him. See, that old testimony, thank God it's kind of died by the wayside. Some of you have never heard it, but I'll tell you about it. That old testimony of you know, I'm trying, I'm living my life trying to make heaven my home. Well, get saved and you can stop trying. See? In other words, get in, the only way to make heaven your home is to get in Christ. You can't be by yourself trying to get brownie points for keeping the rules. The problem with the rules in our beloved denomination The problem with the rules is they kept changing every two years. It's a sin to do this one one general assembly, and the next one is is now it's no longer a sin. So 
if I, you know, at one time it was wedding bands. So, you know, we had a group of preachers went off to the thing to vote. And they, they had naked hands. Came back with rings. They, went, they didn't even wait to get home to go to the jewelry store to buy them. Came back through and my mother said, well, I thought that was a sin. Well, it was until 2 o'clock, you know, Thursday afternoon. So what we, what we learn is that, you know, uh, acceptance by the group equals acceptance by God. That's a dangerous path to get on because the group's going to be ever changing. But how do we get acceptance? How many like to know how to always be accepted, how to always be approved in God? Well, you've got to get in Christ. Uh, no man comes to the Father but by me. That's why universalism and inclusion doesn't work, folks. It's a nice idea, but it doesn't work. Because there's only one way to God the Father, and that's through Christ. That's not only for salvation, but that's for daily living. That's for prayer. That's for all the way to the end. Amen. So, you know, Sister Self. That was her name. Sister Self. Great name for her testimony. Fit her like a glove. She's about three feet tall, I think. She, you know, part of her testimony, she'd never cut her hair. She had her, you know, she had her hair globbed down with dippity-doo, 10,000 bobby pins, and a little hairnet that came down too far in the front, like Ruth Bussey on Laugh-In. And she'd stand up. You could hardly tell she was standing. She'd almost have to jump off the pew to stand, you know. I think she was taller sitting in the pew than standing up. And Sister Self would jump down every Wednesday night. I promised Jesus that I'd always be a witness for him. Well, I'm not sure that's what he had in mind, witnessing on Wednesday night. But praise God, she was bold. Praise the Lord. And every Wednesday night, her testimony was the same, never changed. Well, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, been a member of the Church of God since 1938, you know, or something. Or 38 years, I don't remember, probably the same thing. And she said, I'm living, now listen to this, this is in my book, Empowerment. I'm living my life trying to make heaven my home. Y'all pray I'll make it to the end, as if salvation is something you earn. Well, it's not something you earn. It's something that Jesus bought and paid for with his precious blood and that God gave us as a gift. Amen. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, you're saved by grace through faith. And there's the punctuation, meaning that whole thought. Remember, I preached this. Not of your, it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Aren't you glad for that? So where do I, how do I stay in peace? How do I stay in faith? How do I stay in grace? How do I stay in anything with God? How do I know I don't have to work my way to heaven? How do I know that? Because my life is wrapped and hid in Christ. Can you say amen? Now, if there's one thing you'll get from me as the official appointed pastor now, I'm appointed, praise God. 
I knew I was anointed. Now I'm appointed. I don't know what to do. I've never been appointed to anything. I've been self-appointed. Maybe that was my problem. I don't know. Now I feel even greater because I'm appointed. (laughs) Hallelujah. But, um, (laughs) you know, uh, one one of the things that you'll hear from me constantly is who you are in Christ. Because that's all that matters. That's all that matters. We come to God not on, look, I kept the rules. Look how holy I am. No, I come in Him. Amen. Father, I come to You in the name of Jesus. Is this helping anybody? You know what that does? You know what that does? That puts us all on equal footing with God. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Now, if you want to go by rule keeping, well, let us know how that goes for you. Because my, my, the problem with that, the problem with confidence in God based on, um, performance is that if you ever fail and you will, Welcome to the club. If you ever fail, your, your confidence in God's going to go right onto the floor. If somebody was transcribing, I don't know how they transcribe. <laughs> but your, conf- your confidence will absolutely just hit rock bottom if you're not careful amen well i wish i could have told sister self now i didn't know what i i didn't know what i know now but i wish i could have told her well you know get saved sister and then you won't have to work so hard to try to make heaven your home so i guess she's hoping that by the end when she meets jesus that he's got the list there you know, all the things she's done right and wrong. What does that mean? You just throw caution to the wind and live like the devil? No. Once again, let us know how that goes for you. I don't think that's going to go very well. The, the, all sin has a hook in it, doesn't it? And, uh, I actually talked to a pastor the other day. I mean, he's a grace preacher. He's a grace preacher. Got a grace church. And he said he had a bunch of people when they first received the revelation of grace. For some reason, they were left with the impression of, oh, yippee, I can just indulge my flesh. And they did. Now they're back in his office two, three years later with heartbreak of all the stuff they got involved with. You understand? Some of them got addicted to drugs during that time. Others got involved in all kinds of uh, immoral relationships lost their marriages, all kinds of things happened as a result of their so-called freedom. Well, that's the other ditch, folks. How about we stay out of the ditch? We don't want a church full of legalism, do we? A bunch of rules and get beat over the head. Like Brother Hagin used to say, uh, 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 a pig has enough sense to know that if every time you call him to eat, you hit him in the head with a fork, you, you know, hit a big sow, Hit her in the head with a with a two by four. Eventually, she's going to stop coming. 
Some pastors say, I don't know why no one comes to my church. Well, listen at your preaching. If every time you go to church, you leave with a bloody nose, that's no fun. You feel worse than when you came in. Pass out razor blades, you know. You'll see in the pew in front of you, you will have uh, razor blades. You can use those when you get so depressed. Uh, the preaching that you, you, you know, just go, go on. Take my hand, precious Lord. <laughs> but uh, that's a ditch, isn't it? You ever sat under a preacher like that? It's awful. I have. Makes you feel terrible. Like, my Lord, I feel bad enough by myself. I got the devil in me condemning me. I don't need the pastor to join in. Make you feel bad. Come wallow at the altar for a while and you'll feel really bad. But then on there, there's this other ditch, isn't there, that you, you just indulge your flesh. Paul said, only don't use this freedom as an occasion to the flesh. Didn't he say that? So you can't preach half of Paul's revelation and say you've got the revelation. You've got to preach the whole thing. So, you know, there's no, there's no preacher anywhere that preaches the whole counsel of God. I don't care who they think they are. But uh, we're going we're gonna to make a stab at it, aren't we? Amen. To try to go down the middle of the road. Hallelujah. We want freedom. We don't want to... People say, what's the rules of your church? Well, I don't really have any. You know, unless you do something illegal and we got Brother Brent, he can arrest you. Thank God. If you resist arrest, he can shoot you. Because we're in Florida. Don't mess with us Floridians down here. We'll just shoot you. But, uh, but anyway, um, Point being is that, um, you know, we want to stay down the middle of the road. And that's a, that's a, that's a part of peace as well. You know, you can't, you can't live in that kind of turmoil either. But I wish I'd have known what I knew. I could have turned to Sister Self and helped her. But I don't know if she would have received it from a 12 year old pastor's son. Might have started a, might have started a get rid of the pastor campaign. Well, we had that too, but it was Brother Hagen's fault. Now, how many want to know why Brother Hagen caused us to have to move from our church in Augusta, Georgia? It's because he got the convention songbook out and read the words to one of the songs we were singing, and he said, whoever wrote this is ignorant of the Bible. Well, I looked at my mother and I said, Pack. Well, as it turns out, the guy that wrote the, the guy that wrote the song was the state overseer of Florida. <laughs> Brother Hagen didn't know that. We did move. It took a brick through the parsonage window, but we did move. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Can you imagine? They, when we were at Rama, you know, they'd teach the evangelist class. You know, they'd say, "Now, don't do anything to upset anybody." 
And I'm thinking, what? The founder of the school tore up our church, blew it up, had to move. I got a little him in me, just a little bit. I'm a little bit of a rabble rouser. I told, I told, I told Brother Jerry this morning when they, you know, got all this signs and everything in the Church of God. I said, I hope they know what they're doing, inheriting me. I'm not sure they know. All right. Um, look at Luke. Okay, so here we have God has declared a state of peace between He and us. So we got peace with God. Amen. Uh, now look at Luke 10, 2 through 5. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes. And salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house you enter, first say. Notice this. First say. How many believe that might be important? Here's part, in a sense, part of the Great Commission, you could say, right? He's sending them forth, sort of the, the test run of going forth with the good news. And he said, first say, Not power be to this house, not deliverance, not healing, not even salvation. First say, peace be to this house. So you could say this, the spearhead message, what's out on the end, of the gospel, what's the cutting edge? It's not power, authority, or even faith, it's peace. Amen. The Christian message is a message of peace. Amen. We've come with Jesus and Jesus has peace for your life. The striving can end. You know, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, I'm telling you the striving and the turmoil in your life can end with the Prince of Peace. Amen. All right, then we, the final thought here. The peace of God, Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. How many sometimes you need peace that passes what your head knows? You ever got a bad report from the doctor? You ever got a bad report from the lawyer? You ever got a bad report from the water company? (laughs) We got one of those the other day. (laughs) What's the bad report? Your own turmoil. Your own past abuse. Things that came against you. That's troubling your soul. The peace of God passes all that. And that peace shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus.
Wow, I love that verse. I tell you, there's moments that you're going to have to, you're going to have to turn off the TV, turn off the radio. I don't care if it is moody broadcasting. Turn it off. Turn off, you know, all the noise if you can. And um, put the newspaper under, under the birdcage where it belongs. Amen. Take all your bills, all your doctor's reports, everything of this world and push it aside. And get climb back in Christ and be surrounded by his peace. That's how you stabilize yourself. That's how you keep from losing your marbles. That's how you keep from having a meltdown. Otherwise, you will be the meltdown. Now, Jesus will help you come out of the meltdown, too, but it's just better not to go there. And if you've ever been through a meltdown, you know that it sometimes takes a while to climb out of that place. You ever been around somebody having a meltdown? Wow. It's scary, isn't it? But we don't have to go there, folks. Think about it. No matter what's thrown at you, you never again have to go to a place where you melt down, lose control of your mouth, lose control of your heart, your emotions. You don't have to go there. But it's what are we going to depend on to keep our hearts and keep our minds from melting down? Huh? Peace of God, right? So that's the final thought here. God's peace extends beyond our understanding. You can have peace in the midst of a storm. Peace is a power word. It's not weak. Listen to this. When Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves, he shouted peace to the sea. He didn't curse it. He didn't say, I command you, I take authority. All this stuff we like to say as charismatics. <laughs> he calmed it with the power of peace. That shows you how powerful. You ever been out in a boat that you should have gotten in two hours before you did and the storm has come and you're out there too far from shore and you're believing God to make it back? They got boats. Boy, I've seen boats get sat right down on the bottom in too, too big of a, of a wave. And when it comes out, bam, set that boat right down onto the, onto the uh, whatever you call that under the water. Can't think of the word. The bottom. Sat on the bottom. The bottom got put on the bottom. In other words, the bottom of the boat. But praise God, you know, I've seen that. And you think, wow, what power would be strong enough to calm this? And Jesus pulls out the word peace. Amen. Peace be still. Now, folks, those three words right there, peace be still. 
Those are power words that we need to get in our vocabulary. Our families are raging. We need to go in prayer and say, Peace! Be still. Our finances are falling apart and raging. We need to speak to that. Peace! Be still. Whatever your storm is, what's your storm of life this morning? What is it that's raging in your life? Speak to it. Maybe it's just your own mind. Maybe it's fear. Sometimes you speak to your own heart. You speak to your own mind, your own thoughts, and you declare like Jesus did. Peace be still. Mind calm down. Emotions calm down in Jesus' name. And you declare, I have peace. I'm in peace. And I have the peace of God. And I'm worshiping Jesus, my Prince of Peace. Amen? Hallelujah. You do that and you'll find your foundation again. And you can rise up then out of that strong and move ahead in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, that helps me. I hope it helps you. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and praise God. Thank Him this morning. Thank Him for the Word. Thank you, Jesus.